Hey, everybody, uh, and thank you for joining us here on the Fat Loss Simplified podcast. And today we're here with Ryan Murphy, and you are focused on helping busy parents. And yes. I am not a parent, so I can't identify with their struggles, but you can. And so if you're a busy parent listening, Ryan Murphy's your guy. Absolutely. Um, and so first off, you know, just tell us about yourself, your family, and what led you to really have a passion for helping busy parents. Yeah, so I have two boys, uh, two years old and four years old. I have an amazing wife. Her name's Kayla. And I went into the online fitness space after being a personal trainer for over 10 years. And my biggest issue was, you know, I was in the space. I got a degree in kinesiology. I have a handful of certifications. I got precision nutrition certification. I have an NCI nutrition certification and all these different things. And it wasn't until um, I actually had my own coach that I could make that transformation for myself and finally had some like aha moments. So I really value coaching and mentorship as a whole. Um, and that all comes back from, you know, I was trying to do it on my own for probably eight years, you know, spiritually, financially, everything. And the second where I started like asking for help more was the second that my life started to change. So I actually was having a rough time with my fiance wife at the time or wife now fiance at the time. And I started going to a spiritual mentor. He was a male mentor and he just kind of led from the Bible and from him alone, just radically changed my life. So I'm like, well, where else can I get this like mentorship from? And finally, like I said, I got my own coach and I got out of the personal training space in 2021 and started my business in 2022. And ever since then, I've been able to spend more time with my kids because that was the main reason that I wanted to go out on my own was just to get my time back. I was, uh, you know, as a personal trainer, I'm I'm in the gym from 5 a.m. to about noon every day. And then from about two o'clock to about eight o'clock at night, um, you know, seven o'clock some days. But basically, when you have children, that's their waking hours. And I would be home. I would literally relieve the babysitter for like two hours while my kid naps. I wouldn't see him. And then I'd go back to work when he would wake up and I would kind of be there for bedtime. And I thought this was no way that I could ever be happy if I stayed in this realm because you know, you're, you're, when you do have parents priorities shift a little, or sorry, when you do have kids, your priorities shift as parents a little bit. Yeah. And you know, that's, you got to find out what's important to you. So I'm in this space now and I try to help out busy parents as much as possible, figure it out because I think, man, weight loss and being healthy is just way too complicated. Now you spend 20 minutes on Instagram or TikTok or YouTube, and you're trying to find what to do. And it's so overwhelming. And then you like post on your own page, like, hey, I want to be healthier. Everybody and their mother is going to tell you how they got healthier and all the things that they've tried. And it's just, it's, I think it's way more complicated than it needs to be. I think, you know, if we just adapt healthy habits and healthy lifestyles, like, you know, exercise a few times a week, if you can move a little bit more than normal, if, you know, in a healthy way, like don't go necessarily go to the extremes of, you know, orange theory or boot camps or something crazy, but just man, take a breath every once in a while, <laughs> give yourself some grace, eat some vegetables, maybe eat some protein. <laughs> uh, and you know, feel your, feel your life so that you can be the best version of yourself for your kids. And what we were talking about before this is like my big dream is to raise my kids in a society with other happy, healthy people. And I know if I impact parents, they're going to impact their kids to be happy and healthy. Well, maybe the whole society around me can start, you know, shifting to the, for the better. And that's like an optimistic, that's kind of like where I, I rest my head and it makes me sleep pretty good at night. So <laughs> that's my, my short end story. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. And I, I love that because it positions you to perfectly identify with the people that you're serving. You're, you are a personal trainer 
And yeah, you're working when people are not working, basically early in the morning before they go to work or after they're finished work. And as your kids age, right, they're going to be in school, you know, during the time that you're not working. And so taking a step back from that and really evaluating, but going through that period of time where you were just so busy when your, your kids needed you, um, really perfectly positions you to empathize and to give guidance and emotional support to busy parents as well. Cause you've been there yourself, you know, exactly what they're dealing with, you know, exactly the mentality that they're bringing to the table and how you can help to bring them along, um, and really see progress. Yeah. Now, before we jumped on here, you know, you sent me very helpful, you know, little bio of yourself. And you mentioned that you kind of struggled yourself from the years of 2014 to 2020. Uh, you just mentioned a couple of moments ago how you didn't really have some breakthroughs until you started working with a coach yourself. And there's a huge amount of value there. But during that time of 2014 to 2020, what are some of the things you've tried? And what is it about those things that you believe kind of ultimately held you back or that failed you in, in being able to get the progress that you really desired for yourself? Yeah. So I was always coming from the, the work harder, you know, move more, work harder. If you're not, if it's not working, you're just not working hard enough. I'm also coming from a place of, I used to wrestle in um, high school. So I was very good at cutting weight. Um, I naturally mm -hmm. was about 130 pounds, my freshman year of high school, and I would wrestle at 119. So just living, you know, 10 to 15 pounds lighter than my normal weight was kind of like normal. Um, so I tried everything under the sun. I tried like just quick fixes because there's always this promise of like, just keep living how you're living. Because I already I was exercising. I was lifting weights. I had a lot of muscle mass. I had a lot of good things going for me. Um, I just wanted to take something. I would take a pill. I would take, you know, a fat burner. I'd take green coffee bean extract, Garcinia Cambogia. I would be, you know, on caffeine supplements all day, you know, as a trainer, because just waking up and being at the gym at five o'clock, I was tired. Oh, so I was, yeah. I was constantly sipping on coffee and then taking pre-workouts around 11 o'clock to fuel my workout at noon. Um, and I was doing what everybody was saying to do for my workouts. I was doing a lot of circuit training. I was doing a lot of HIIT training. Um, and when I say HIIT training, I was in like doing like a class where it was kind of moderate intensity. I was getting my heart rate above 200 beats per minute for like five minutes at a time. It was like by definition, the hardest work you could do. And when it was all said and done, I would lose weight. I would get smaller. And I realized what happened every time that I would dedicate like a 10 week period or a four week period, um, or a six week camp or whatever you'd call it. I would lose weight and I would lose 10 to 15 pounds. And then I went back to living. <laughs> and when I say living, just like not thinking about it, not tracking anything, just living how I was. And I slowly yep. would the 10 to 15 back on plus one or two. And I actually got so good at weight loss that I used to bet on myself. There's a, um, there's an app called uh diet bet. And I would bet 50 to a hundred dollars that in a month I would lose two to 4% of my body fat or my body weight. And literally just through techniques of, from wrestling, I would weigh in and then I'd weigh out and I'd win money. And I would do that two to three times a year just because like, you know, I as a personal wow. trainer, I wasn't making a lot of money, but I'm like, oh, cool. This is going to support my drinking habit at the time. I had a bad relationship with alcohol too. So literally working my ass off Monday through Friday, 
And I would probably consume, you know, 5,000 calories of beer on the weekends, a shot of tequila and whatnot. So, um, you know, I, I could, I could lose weight very efficiently, but I never actually had sustainable habits until I met a coach. We actually finished the same nutrition coaching program on the same day and posted it on Facebook. It was mm. the weirdest thing. And I was like, Hey, what are you doing now? And we just connected. So I actually traded training for coaching from her. And we just talked all the time. And she had these aha moments of obviously like, Hey, Ryan, you kind of treat yourself like an a-hole on the weekend. Um, you don't, you know, you just fall off hundred percent. So, you know, figuring that out. Um, she actually, I thought I was eating enough protein naturally. Um, but I wasn't, you know, it wasn't high quality. It wasn't enough for my lifestyle. I wasn't eating enough to survive. I was going always off of what my doctor recommended for me to lose weight. He's like, if you want to lose weight, eat 1800 calories. And I'm like, perfect. There's a doctor. He knows what he's talking about. And I go online. I did the BMR calculator and told me like 18 to 2000 calories a day. And then I went on weight or uh, what's the that tracking app? Not macros. I use macros first now, but uh, my fitness pal. Fitness yeah. My fitness pal. And it's like, Oh, if you want to be more aggressive, eat 1600. So I'm like, I am, I'm an aggressive guy. <laughs> and every time that I would do that, you know, I would lose the weight and I'd come back and I would almost be like fatter. And now, I, now I know something called body fat overshooting, which every time you lose weight in that aggressive style and you gain it back, your body actually adds fat cells to protect itself in the future. So over time, I got to this place where I would gain and lose that 10 pounds a couple times a year. So I always joke, I've probably lost a thousand pounds in my life. I just gained a thousand twenty. Um, and then I had this pretty rough moment when a 12 year old made fun of me for being the fat trainer. And I was like, okay, oh, now I, I really got to make some change. It was like, what the 12 year old going to hold back for? Uh, you know, they, they don't necessarily care about my emotional stock. Um, so that's when I, I kind of just did it the right way. I was in a reverse diet. I worked my calories up to 3000 calories, way more healthy, way more um, food quality focused. And through that kind of journey myself, I was able to lose 20 pounds while eating north of 2500 which to me is like blasphemy because that's the exact opposite of what every app said what every you know doctor told me what even like i i worked with a dietitian who worked in my gym and he was telling me like ryan you got to eat more blueberries and i was like he was huge on like antioxidants and all these good things I'm like that's great i just hate blueberries i think they taste like super mushy like 90 percent of the year um they're not good <laughs> and you know his 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 advice was great except it had nothing to do with my lifestyle and what I actually liked. And I think that was a huge gap that I saw all the time is we used to actually at my old gym, we would run these, you know, we call it transform you program. It was an eight week program where people would, you know, they start week one by cutting out all sugars, all carbohydrates and ev like everything under the sun. They get very lean, clean meats and veggies. Right. And then you reintroduce um, some things that you're missing. It was like, you know, you can reintroduce like a tablespoon of cream into your coffee again. And it, like, again, it, in theory, it should have been really good. But what it ultimately did was it flushed out your system from all the water that was holding on. It decreased is a huge anti-inflammatory diet. It was very calorie restricted. So people had results, except I would see these people in the gym and they would all gain the weight back. Like yeah. there was literally a guy in this one challenge who lost, I think, 60 pounds in one, in one year. And he won the challenge. He laughed because he's like, I'm going to go win the challenge again. And he just gained back the 60 pounds and he won like three or four years out of the nine years that I was at this gym. It was crazy because he was really good at losing weight. He just sucked at maintaining it. So I'm like, okay, well, people might not have a weight loss issue. They might just have a weight maintenance issue. 
And like, well, that's yep. what does it actually look like? And it comes down to those behaviors and habits. And for busy parents, it really comes down to, man, taking the societal pressures off yourself, giving yourself a little bit of grace and just being a little bit better than you may have in the past. So if in the past you go to a party and you're super anxious about eating in front of people and then you get home and you, you know, house a pizza hut pizza or whatever, because you feel so guilty about, you know, or so restricted for the past five to six hours of the party, you go binge and you get your emotional support from like wine or whatever is your advice. Well, give yourself a little bit of grace, like maybe do a little bit of journaling, go for a walk, have a really deep conversation about how you're feeling with the people you love most, like your significant other, your husband, your wife. And when you start doing those things, instead of doing your old habits of binging, abusing alcohol, abusing food, abusing whatever you have in front of you into a ha ha like a healthy habit, and you can actually start to see progress. And you don't beat yourself up for a whole weekend of the effort mentality and you start back over on Monday compared to you get back on your next meal. Man, I like I had pizza today. Cool. It tasted really good. I enjoyed every bite of it. My next meal, I'm going to go eat something a little bit cleaner because I want to feel good. And it has nothing to do with weight loss. It's just how you feel and how some foods make you feel really good. Some foods don't make you feel as good. And when you actually bring that awareness, motivation is unnecessary because you're motivated to feel good, not to lose weight compared to, you know, if you're motivated for just fat loss and you're coming out of a place where you hate how you look, motivation is not yep. going to get you through those, those, those dark days in December. And, and um, yep. I'm, we were just talking about for being from Wisconsin, like that's not going to get you motivated to go exercise when it's super miserable and crummy and cold outside. But if you find your, your, your why your drive, your deep meaning behind why you actually want it. And if it's coming from a place of love, and I'm doing this so my kids have a really good idea of what health looks like, that might get you out of bed and go get your workout in. That might get you to, you know, say no to a few more donuts and eat a, a few more eggs, egg omelets or whatever. So that's kind of like my simplistic way approach to just, it doesn't have to be crazy difficult. It does have to be consistent though. Yeah, absolutely. And a couple of things that I love that you brought up. And one is that, finding somebody to help you find the process that worked for you. And two of my clients immediately come to mind. One really loved ice cream and the other one really loved cookies. And that's probably a common thing along with pizza, right? For people that like savory stuff. Yeah. And the conversation with them was something like this, which I'm sure you've had this conversation many times as well, was I can't have cookies. And... Therefore, when I have a cookie, I feel like I have failed myself. So then mm -hmm. I eat 10 more cookies. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, having people understand, you know, exactly what you said, you need to find a diet that works for you. And I, I bring up the point to them, uh, who told you that you can't have cookies, right? That's, that's the I idea. That. Who, who told you that? And they yeah. said, well, and they're usually bringing baggage from another program or another thing that they tried that label certain foods as good, certain foods as bad. Yeah. And then they're like, well, cookies are a lot of calories. So therefore they must be bad. And I'm like, no, that's not true. Because exactly what you said as well. It's not the thing. It's your relationship to the thing, yes. right? Whatever that thing is for you, it's not the thing. It's your relationship to that thing. And if you can have a positive relationship to cookie or ice cream and you can have it, but not be like, Oh, 
I had it. So now I'm going to have a whole half gallon of ice cream. We're going to have a dozen cookies. But if you can just have it, enjoy it in moderation and move on, that's progress. And oh my, that's so ooh. huge. Yep. That gets me excited. I always, I always take it like a little bit further for that, Bryce. So one thing that I've always noticed, I'm like, like you said, why, why do you feel that way? Why do you think that cookies are bad? And it usually goes like one level, like, oh, I did Noom and Noom has it as a red food and red foods. You shouldn't eat it. You know, you should only eat, you know, 10% of your daily calories from that or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. And then, well, before that, like, what's your, like, what's your first memory of say cookies? And well, man, I remember making like, so for me, it's donuts. I'm just going to tell you my story. Like, let's get deep right away. Yeah. <laughs> I, I love donuts like to the core on like a fresh, like made Bavarian cream filled chocolate covered long John is my jam. All right. But now it's like, I know exactly the donut that I want. And if it's like a donut hole, I don't even want it because like, what's the point of like a crummy donut hole. That's like, you know, very generic, not, yeah. not, not my thing. Worthless. Uh, I, I get very, I get very clear on exactly what I want, but then someone kind of is like, well, why do you like donuts so much? And I'm like, I don't know. They, they taste good. Right. Okay. Well, why else? And I'm like, I was thinking about it. And literally when my first home that I lived in from when I was one to when I was six was within walking distance of a place called the donut depot. And mm -hmm. they had fresh baked donuts and it was a bakery and it was awesome. And I remember my grandma Murphy walking with me to this donut shop and buying a donut with me and sitting and enjoying it. And, you know, like it was not just a treat for me. It was like, it's a bonding moment. It was an experience. It was like one of those like core values of like, you know, valuing, you know, your, your elders and stuff like that. And there's so many other things going on there. So I challenge people, I'm like, well, what's your relationship with like the pizza, with these things? Like, why do you feel so emotionally distraught every time you look at it? You know, if you ever have said, yeah. oh, I gained two pounds every time I look at a cookie, it's probably because that cookie stretched the shit out of you for some reason, because maybe the cookies in your your deep down core desires are something that's like very emotionally good. And like I had really good experiences as a kid eating cookies or, you know, I always had this kind of cookie at Christmas. And I remember Christmas with my parents when they were together or whatever. And you're like trying to shame yourself into some of the best memories. So it's a very conflicting ideology that you're battling with yourself. Like, but, and like you said, it's just moderation. Like no one ever gained 20, like I never gained 20 pounds by eating a donut. I gained 20 pounds over courses of years of restricted eating and then binging and, you know, abusing the shit out of donuts. So every time that someone brought donuts into the office or I would bring donuts into the office, I'd eat two, three, four, five at a time. I'd have 2000 calories, but then I would justify because I'm going to go for a long, hard workout afterwards. And then I would just binge on something else after, like I said, usually, you know, a vodka or, or tequila drink. Um, so like, that's how you gain weight. It's not the cookie. It's not the donut. It's not the treat. It's your relationship over time, the stress and anxiety you put on yourself, the overindulgence over a period of time probably trying to cover up some emotional or something that someone once said that really doesn't even apply to you anymore. Like if you tell me like you don't like cookies because they're 12 points on Weight Watchers, like, man, I just, I couldn't disagree like with you more on why that yep. cookie is okay. <laughs> yep. Yeah. And this has nothing to do with fitness or nutrition, but when you ask the question, and I, I find your story interesting because when you asked the question, my response was exactly the same. Why do people like cookies? And the first thing that pops into my mind, because it's true for me, is grandma's house. And uh, you went and got donuts with your grandma. You know, you go over grandma's house and she's baking cookies. And that's just, 
we form relationship with these things and it's because we're we've also formed those memories which you know i'll i'll be honest this we're recording this right after christmas it is january 3rd um i my goal for the year is to have 12 guests on this podcast and so this is going to drop in february but at the time of this recording i got on the scale after after christmas vacation and i was not concerned at all about what i ate i wasn't stressed at all uh my sister baked a ton of cookies and i'm not going to let those go to waste <laughs> i came yeah. back jumped on the scale and i gained 5 pounds mm -hmm. but you just can't let that mess with your mind because those 5 pounds that i weighed in on december 29th are now all gone on yeah. january 3rd and you just can't let it like mess with your mind because I mean, let's be honest. Are you really going to eat 30,000 calories worth of cookies no. over Christmas? Like that's like impossible unless you're so, really trying. <laughs> I Yeah, I was a little bit like worse than you, quote unquote, just because like it is what it is. It was weight yeah. fluctuation, but I had like the perfect storm. Um, my sister stayed with me and caused a little bit more stress and anxiety around my house. Um, I had both my parents were staying in my house. Like I have a 1300 square foot house. It's not very big. So I had me my two-year-old four-year-old my wife my parents my mom my dad my sister two nieces all under one house oh, and that's a lot of people yeah two and four-year-olds are very excited during this time and like screaming and ink like everything going on we ordered chinese one night so chinese food just for me it makes me retain like so much water because it's got like so much sodium and msg and everything else under it but that the combination of the cookies the treats um like just everything, the accumulation, I was eight pounds heavier, literally on Monday, the 20 or sorry, what camera, whatever the day after Christmas was, I was up eight pounds from what I normally was literally like before New Year's Eve, I was right back to where I was before. It was just a weight fluctuation, but so many people see that number and they get so discouraged and like, well, just get back to your plan. I even had a post like how I lost eight pounds eating Chinese and enjoying every cookie over the holidays. And like literally just went back to my plan. And luckily for yeah. me, my plan eating 3000 to 3,200 calories a day, 200 grams of protein. And I feel, and I was eating that much and I lost the eight pounds of the extra water weight that I was holding on to. Um, so it, and now I'm actually going into my first body recomposition in two years. So I'm super excited about that. Yeah. I'm actually, it sounds like we're on similar trends. I am on a cut right now. But I haven't done one since 2021 and now it's 2024. Yeah. And if you do things the right way and you have the right mindsets and you don't let things just mess with your mentality and you just stick to what you know to be a healthy lifestyle most of the time, most of the time you don't have to think about it. And I find that that's what most people actually want. Mm -hmm. Most people want a life where they can maintain their weight. And by the way, if you're listening to this and you are like, man, I want to be like, you know, super skinny for whatever reason you have in your mind. You want to get back to your high school weight or whatever, but you're healthy and you feel good and you've been maintaining your weight for any length of time and there's not huge fluctuations. For most people, that's a win. Yeah. Like maintenance is a huge, huge win. And I, if you do things the right way, you don't you don't have to think about it for the majority of the time. It's just built into your life. Yeah, the craziest thing. So I did my reverse diet and it took me, I think it was like eight months. 
And I was luckily losing some weight just from the choices and working my way up to 3000 calories. And like I said, you can almost fit anything in 3000 calories and, you know, not gain weight. It's pretty, you feel pretty good about it. But yeah, I did that sure. for all of like 2020, 2021. And then um, went to my first body recomp and lost like another 10, eight pounds. So I was over 20 pounds down total, which was great. And that was when my son Lincoln was born in February 28, 2022. And since then, I did not think about my body image tilted like literally the other day. And then 2023, I had three distinct goals. I wanted to run a half marathon. I wanted to break 80 in golf. And I wanted to deadlift 500 pounds. Not all at the same time. But my first set of goals, I just, I geared my nutrition, I geared my fitness and I geared everything to be able to show up on a race day in April and finish a half marathon. And I ended up finishing it in under two hours, which was good for me. I have no frame of reference. So I don't know if that's good for everybody else, but it was, it was exceeded what I thought I could do. And then I got into my golf. I luckily, my dad was visiting from Florida and we got to, a round in and that was the round where things were clicking and I broke 80. As soon as that was accomplished, I got right into my powerlifting phase. And like during this time, I actually wanted to build a little bit of muscle and get stronger. So that's when I did my first surplus in a long time, which uh, for me, it was like 32 to 3,400 calories, but it was, it's hard to eat that much food and high quality. Um, so I would have things that, you know, cause a little bit more inflammation, which was fine. I, I ended up failing at the straight bar deadlift. That's what I wanted to get 500 pounds. I did it on a trap bar and I'm not counting it as a win because it wasn't, but I'm totally cool. And I realized I don't need to be strong anymore. I just want to be happy and healthy enough to play with my kids. That's why I'm doing everything that I do. I have a dream where if I could go golfing with my grandkids, I think that'd be the coolest thing. So just imagining like me at 90 years old with my, you know, my, my kids and my grandkids all golfing. That's, that's why I'm doing everything that I can today. That's like my yeah. why behind showing up to the gym, working out, staying mobile, continuing to golf. Um, I just think it'd be a really cool thing to do that. I, I never got to do because I didn't have a grandpa. That one, one of my grandpas didn't golf and he wasn't very mobile. I don't know if I've ever played with him. The other one didn't live past 54. So I uh, never got to meet him, unfortunately. So I think that's another burning desire for me is to just give my kids and my grandkids more opportunities with me. You know, ho hopefully I'm not that terrible of a guy that they want <laughs> to be around me. But um, that's kind of like right now, that's my passion. That's my fire that keeps me going. Yeah, no. And that's that's awesome. Um now, bringing it back to family, because that's who you primarily serve. You primarily serve busy parents. And I'm sure that that goal of yours pretty easily translates to helping them to reframe their perspective around fat loss. Because a lot of times people want to lose as much fat or as much weight, whatever their mental frame is, but they want to lose it as fast as possible and helping them to understand that, hey, that's not the number one priority in your life. The number one mm. priority in your life is performance for people that you love. And here's the ironic part that most people don't realize is that when you stop thinking about fat loss and weight loss and you start thinking about performance, you get the weight loss and the fat loss as a result. And yeah. so, you know, kind of bringing it back to the family, you know, what are some of the biggest obstacles that like parents come to you and they're like, this is the thing. And in yeah. their minds, they're thinking, this is the thing that's holding me back. What's kind of the thing that is a recurring theme for you and helping your clients? And what advice would you give to somebody that is thinking that way? 
Yeah. So the biggest obstacle for every parent is busy, being busy. One thing that was pointed out to me when I was younger is they call it the busy trap. And it's just like this rite of passage, this thing like, you know, it's a badge of honor that you wear. Like, you're like, hey, Bryce, how you been? And you're like, oh, I'm that busy. Like, it's a good thing. And I'm I'm not busy because I, I believe busy is a strict mindset. Like you tell yourself you're busy. You are super busy. Well, if you're so busy, just curious, just for fun, just a little exercise we could do here. Go on your phone and check your screen time. Well, what does that number say? If it's zero and you're still busy, more power to you. Like you actually might be busy, but for some reason, oh man, like I got three hours here screen time. I got four hours of scrolling on social media. I got all these things like, oh cool. We just found your three hours that you need for a little bit more food prep, a little bit more organization and a little bit of exercise every day. I yeah. think that's pretty cool. That's exciting to me. Like we found it. Like you thought you didn't have it. We just found it. Um, And when you start to tell people like, you know, I mean, when I say busy, yeah, my schedule is full of things, but like we were talking before this, this podcast that I'm on right now fills my cup. Does it take out an hour of the day? hundred percent. Is it worth it? A thousand percent. Like I'm going to like keep on doing things like this because it's what I thoroughly enjoy. Same with my coaching calls. You know, I enjoy connecting with those people and helping them figure it out. A few things that I think keep people from reaching the ultimate fat loss goals that they want when they're parents is that they're told that there's only like one way. And it's, you have to meal prep. You have to eat like so much chicken and rice and vegetables. It's got to be bland. It can't be an enjoyable. You have to follow this point system. You have to follow, eat foods on this list. You can never have foods that are on this list. And it's like laid out in this way for general population. Be like, if the general population could follow these dietary guidelines, everybody, everybody would be healthy. Nobody would be obese. And I agree with that, except there's a lot of, there's a lot of things in society that those plans don't attribute to. So like, yep. for instance, when I was training for my half marathon, I was running, I'm ravenous when I run over eight miles. Like I cannot get to the place of being full. So if you're telling somebody to exercise, maybe they feel that after every boot camp, and they go to five boot camps a week and now they can't shut down their eating because they're so hungry because they're the style that they're training. Well, there's no point system that's going to tell them, Hey, good luck. Like, Hey, you're over on your points again today, but I worked out and they like, they try to justify it. And so I, I think like what we have to do is we got to find like your plan for you based off of like your reactions, like how you feel, what is your mood? Like, what is your energy? Like, what is your digestion? Like with this thing? And like, that's why I don't think there's like a shortcut better than working with someone who's bringing awareness to those things to you and then making the adjustments with you, which I, I believe that's what coaching is. So like, you know, I have, I have success with people who work out for 10 minutes a day, you know, five days a week. It's because that's all that they can attribute the time to. Like those are the workouts that they do. It's pretty much pushups and lunges. If they have some weights, it might be some squats. It might, you know, it might be some different things, but it's very basic movements. And then I have some people that are on a very like well-programmed program that yeah. I, I take pride in my programming, but um, like a well-programmed full gym, you know, they're utilizing everything. They're excited about it. They're moving. And I think that's where it comes back to too, for parents. It's like, you just need to be excited about it again. It shouldn't be this mundane thing or, you know, I'm going to this psyching class and I hate it. And this teacher always plays this song. And, you know, I, I go to this one boot camp or this one team training and like the people that are there are great. But like, I know people that have been going to the same class for five, 10 years and their bodies look exactly the same, which again, might not be the worst thing in the world if that's what they want. But they tell me they want fat loss. And I'm like, well, 
something's got to change. So I have this really cool hack that I like to share with everybody is I do think programming and doing like periodized programming is the best way to get stronger, except there's three days a week, four days a week, five day a week programs, whatever. Just do the next one. Everybody gets so hung up on like, I got to do day one on Monday and day two on Tuesday and day three on Thursday <laughs> and day four on Friday. So it's like this Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday split. And then Saturdays and Sundays have to be my rest days. If you're a parent, unfortunately, you don't get that luxury. You're not a single stay-at-home person that has a super easy schedule. You have to, you know, you have other people that rely on you. So for me, if I have a five-day week program, I might get those five days in in a week. It might be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and then Saturday, Sunday, I'm off. I might actually only get in three. And then my Monday, God forbid, is day four. And people will like think that's blasphemy because it's not like ideal. I'm like, ideally, if you think of it your way, how many times did you restart on Monday and how many workouts did you actually get in? And then after the hustle and bustle of January, February of like, I'm motivated when the motivation wears off, at the end of the year, you still only got in 20 workouts compared to if you would have gave yourself a little bit of grace, just got onto the next workout and the next day, maybe you would have a hundred workouts and I guarantee a hundred workouts in a year, you could see some progress. And I think that's like another thing too, is like, if you go back into 2023, how many good days did you have? If you don't know, I would define what a good day looks like. And I would start counting was today a good day or a bad day, like, you know, in your own head and just write like a W or an L or G or NG for not good. And take like, take kind of take, um, bring awareness to those days because if you have more good days and bad days again you're probably going to see progress so i i might give people a little bit too much grace in my coaching program where it takes a couple months for before i like all right we got to make some changes we got to figure this shit out but um one thing that i always i think i do well is I, i'll meet you where you're at i'm super understanding of parents like if you have sick kids and you're not sleeping man, I don't think you should wake up at 4.30 and go get a workout in. I bet you should you'd get more benefit from sleeping a little bit longer. Yep. I think, you know, that's another really weird thing from the fitness and nutrition guys. Like, oh, you should skip workouts. I think you need to listen to your body. You need to create that awareness again and do what's best for you and your family. You know, if you're, that's another thing that just irks me is when I had people that signed on with me who worked with a coach in the past and they made them feel like a failure because they couldn't like adhere to their seven day a week split. And they felt like a failure for, you know, not being able to get all their cardio in or hit their macros perfectly. I'm like, did you, did you get close? Did, did you hit your window? At least did you come close to that? I think that's a, that's a good day. And like just getting people to shift their mindset of what perfect compared to progress is probably the biggest shift that I want everybody to reach faster and faster. Cause if you start getting progress over perfection, you're going to get to where you want to be. It's just, is it going to be in six weeks, six months, six years? That's, that's the question that I can't answer for everybody. Yep, absolutely. And I love that perspective because that's, I think the point where people begin to stack wins the most is mm -hmm. when they realize that it's not about, am I doing the most optimal thing for a human being that, some scientist out there can put together or perceive or whatever, whatever the thought is, right? It's not about being perfect. It's about committing to, and what I tell my clients is it's more about committing to just learning why the week before didn't go the way you expected 
And what can I do to just make it a little bit better? Mm -hmm. Because body composition comes down to, can you play the long game? <laughs> can you do consistently better for a long period of time? And when you get into the game of, we talked about it earlier, move more, eat less, you just can't do that forever. You just, you can only eat so little and you can only move so much <laughs> and mm -hmm. you run out of runway unless you take on the mentality that it's about the process. It's about how can I just be better? You know, it's, it's 10 years of my life that got me to this place mm -hmm. and it's not going to be 60 days that gets me out. It's going to be, how can I just be better than I have been for the last 10 years? And then you will get there. That's true. Yeah. That's, there's a couple of things that I always want to touch on on that is, well, first of all, I think I'm relatively healthy. Bryce, you look relatively healthy. I was just listening to a podcast with Mike Milner. He's a relatively healthy guy. I'm focusing on fat loss for the first time in two years. You're going into your first cut ever that you've had done like so many years. I know Mike yep. only goes into one fat loss phase per year. And that and I think us three, like as men, are generally healthy. Now, from there like take something with that. So if you're listening to this and you want weight loss, maybe take weight loss off the table for the first time and it could actually start happening for you. Yep. And just focus on being healthy and happy in your own skin. I always blow people's minds. So I was doing a webinar with, I think there was like 30 women in this room and they're all these super busy parents that, that want to achieve some kind of fat loss goal. And their jaws just dropped when it's like, have you guys ever thought about maybe potentially like, not having to worry about fat loss. Like you'll just be at your goal weight. You'll feel very happy. You'll feel confident in your skin again, and you'll be able to wear whatever you want. And you're going to be able to go out to date night and not be anxious about how your pants fit or how your top fits or whatever like that. You, you go and you pick out the outfit that you want to wear and you don't have to change eight times before you, you go out. Have you ever thought about a life like that? And no one has, they're mm. all literally thinking like, no, I've been folks. I need to lose fat. I need to get to this place. Well, if you're, if you can't even imagine your end goal, how the heck are you certain that you're going to get there? Yeah. Like, that's like, I want to go South because I want to be warmer. Well, how far South do I need to go? Like, what, where's my roadmap going to take me to? Do I want to go to Florida? Well, no, that's a little too hot. My parents live there. I don't enjoy myself. Like, you know, let's actually paint a detailed picture of your end result. And then this is where we need to get to. It's a mindset. It's a frame of you know, being like who you are, how you feel day in and day out, it might be a dress size, it might be a number on a scale, but let's not put in like hard definitions. Let's like go based off of feelings, like how do you feel in your skin? Like what clothes do you want to put on and just be like, hell yeah, I feel really good. Um, I think once we start like looking like that and getting that end picture very clear, like how you act, how you portray yourself, how you, you know, how you raise your kids, how you interact with your kids, and having those conversations early, like I said, getting very deep. Now we have a very clear reason or destination. And then with that destination, now, like I said, I don't need motivation. I know exactly where I want to be. That's my quote unquote motivation. That's how I became like get those small little wins day in and day out. That's how I, you know, make this week a little bit better than last week. And I keep on seeing progress by, you know, changing my lifestyle, changing those behaviors, changing those habits. Yep. Just being better than you were before and having a clear picture of what the end goal is. Yes. Now, um, you know, we both 
scheduled an hour for this and yeah. we're kind of edging up on that, but I do want to ask you two more questions. Yeah. Um, really three, but the last one is how can people find you and work with you? So I don't okay. know if we can, I don't know if we count that one as a question, yeah. <laughs> but, um, I do think it's important to give you the opportunity to just share how parents have not only seen themselves have a positive view on themselves, but what have you seen in working with busy parents that have not only transformed the parents' lives, but have also transformed the lives of their kids? I think in particular, parents of teenage girls, because, I mean, there's all kinds of traps out there that can play with their minds when it comes to body image. So what are just some some really cool yeah. things that you have seen and wins that are passed on to the next generation? Yeah, there there's so many really cool things. And one of my clients comes to mind more than anything because she she had a battle with cancer. She survived that. And through the whole process, from the first moment I met her, she was actually in the gym that I used to train at. And she gained some weight and wasn't happy with how she was feeling. And she has a, a daughter who I'm familiar with. But her daughter watched her throughout high school. And she was kicking ass in the gym. Like she was Mrs. Dedication. It was amazing to see. It was inspiring, honestly, like how she continued to show up day in and day out. And she was eating like 1200 calories a day. And a lot of times I'm like, oh, like, are you sure you're tracking everything? Are you hitting everything? Whatever. And she was, she was like super detailed oriented, but like, so for her daughter, she was literally seeing this, her mom track everything, weigh everything, you know, starve herself, like avoid treats on the holidays, like avoid cakes around birthdays. And, you know, on vacation was the only time that she would actually enjoy things. Uh, thank God she would go on vacation a few times a year. But um, now, same woman got up to 2,200 calories, felt really good for the first time during that time. And now she's down 30 pounds and she, she didn't have like a, a, a huge amount to lose. She went from like 165 and now she's down to like 135. Um, I believe, or maybe it's a little bit higher to a little bit lower, but um, now her daughter saw this. She saw her go through reverse diet. She saw her mom able to enjoy things for the first time ever. And now I hope that she can, she, cause she's super vocal about it. Cause she's talking to all of her friends at the same boot camp. She's like, I don't do the boot camp anymore. I do these strength training workouts and I feel so much stronger. I feel so much better. My body looks so much better. And like, people are giving her compliments. She's getting her cup filled up daily. Um, and it's just exciting to see. But I, I just hope, like, I won't know for certain until I see the kids of these parents out in the world. You know, the the progress that I'm looking for is 15 years down the road. Um, I don't know if I'm going to be in coaching in 15 years. Hopefully, I never have to, like, oh, you worked with my mom. Oh, shoot. Like, that would break my spirits because I'm like, I, my goal yeah. was for you to, you know, relay those things. And, and I don't think, and I, I guess what I'm trying to say is I think that's, it just gives people hope of doing things a little bit healthier, safer, more realistic and with a little bit more grace so that they can enjoy what matters most in life. Cause no one ever is going to remember about how miserable they were not eating any salads and like a good mindset compared to, man, I remember that one birthday and it was so much fun. And that that's what I just hope is that people can actually be more present because they're not so focused on their own insecurities that are probably put on them by their parents. Yep. So hopefully the the kids have just a more assurance of who they are as like a, a professional, a healthy human um, in the future. Uh, that would make, that made me very happy. 
Yeah, absolutely. And um, a lot of times kids are just learning by watching. And yeah. if their parent has a positive relationship with food, they're going to just see that and absorb that. And um, that's awesome. Uh, yeah. Last question is, and this is something that I like to ask everybody because it's why we do what we do as coaches, right? Uh, what part of your story resonates, seems to resonate with people the most? And from your perspective, what lesson do you hope that most people take away from your experiences and your story? I want everybody to learn from my mistakes. I don't want people to hop from diet to diet. So as a personal trainer, people would always come to me like, Ryan, what do you think of this diet? I'm like, I don't know. I'll read about it. I'll research it. I'll do it myself. And through that alone, I think that's what floored my metabolism the most. I was doing like, you know, keto, low carb. I was doing extreme calorie restriction, whole 30. I tried literally everything like the, the, I have a book over here just to keep me a reminder of the bulletproof coffee guy, Dave Asprey, where he takes everything to the extremes. Like if you cook anything in a microwave, you're a failure. It, you know, that there's a, there's a certain way to prepare food. Yeah. Um, and if you're not doing it that way to the extreme, you know, you, you're a failure and, or you're unhealthy and it's not safe for you. And if, I can't believe you'd give your kids that, you know, that garbage or that whatever. Um, so, you know, if you could just learn from the extremes that I went to so that you don't ever have to, that would make me the happiest. Um, I guess the big aha moment was you can never lose weight out of hate. You have to do it because there's a bigger reason of you loving yourself and you want your body and your image and your family to be happier and healthier. That is, driving force is way stronger than any vanity that I found. So, you know, don't stay superficial. Like if you're working with Bryce or have the opportunity to like get deep, I'm sure he's asking some really good hard hitting questions. And when you realize those things, man, this is bigger than just, I want to fit into a dress on this date for this wedding or whatever. This is like yeah. how I want to live forever. Um, and when you start looking at it as like, like you said, the long game, the forever process, man, it gets way more exciting. I always ask people, I'm like, all right, your goal is to lose 30 pounds. That could happen in six months. It has for a few people. But what if, what if you lost it in a year, but you lost it forever? Actually, you know, I don't even like the term lose it because if you lose things, you inherently want to find them again. I want you to just rid yourself of this 30 pounds, like get rid of it forever. Don't ever think it's coming back. Forget about it. Um, so instead of losing the weight, let's get, say like rid the weight. And I want you to rid the weight and never get, never see it again, never let it come back. And like, what if it took you a year? What if it took you two years, but you figured it out at 35 when your kids are two to four years old. And so they never saw the insecure version of yourself that was stressed out every calorie, tracking every gram of protein, you know, yep. weighing every food, tracking your apps and everything like that. What if your kids never even had to see that? Wouldn't it be cool if they saw a parent indulging and enjoying food and you know feeding to fuel their life not seeing how low they can go until they have to eventually binge on the weekends to make up for their their super restrictive lifestyle yep yep uh love it so lastly if anybody hears this and really resonates with your story how can they find you and what's like your number one favorite place to communicate with people and how can they reach out to you yeah i love my email list but I don't even know how you get on it. No, you, uh, if you follow me on Instagram, um, the coach Murphy, the, at the coach Murphy, um, 
there's, I do a metabolic assessment for everybody. One thing that I do is I want you to, I want to meet you where you're at. So before I start giving any advice of what you should do, you got to understand where you're coming from. And I think blind advice is probably the worst advice. It's like, you know, something my trainer told me I need to eat 200 grams of protein. Why? I don't know. If you can't tell me why or why he told you to do that, I would not recommend following that advice. So I do a metabolic assessment for everybody. So if you go to my, my bio, there's a link for a metabolic assessment. It's free. And I think it just gives you good advice on what to do next, what your first step should be. And if you start off with that, that's probably the best way to get on my list. Yep. Absolutely. So I'll put a link to that down in the show notes below. So if you want to reach out to Ryan, um, there'll be the link to his Instagram handle. You can follow that link and get the metabolic assessment and get on his email list, which, um, I know both of us are focused on email. So if you're, if you're listening and you're hearing this and you're thinking, oh, email, um, I guarantee you I love that whether you're on my <laughs> list or whether on Brian's list, our primary focus is giving you things you can actually use. It's not like we just send you like, oh, buy this garbage thing. <laughs> yeah. There's a lot of thought and energy oh. that goes into that. So go ahead and join Ryan's email list if you want to get connected with him. And he'll give you things you can actually use and put into practice and and see progress being made. But thanks, Ryan, for all your time. Really appreciate it. And yeah, uh, I know anybody listening to this appreciates it. And uh, thank you very much for your time. You're welcome. Oh, and P.S., always take a look down in the show notes below as there is links to my other social media handles. You can go and follow me other places, as well as there's probably a resource down there that'll be helpful for you.